You're listening to to the Show We Go Baseball podcast. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into episode 36 of To the Show We Go. I have my co-host back. I have Ed Hand. He uh, he was uh, getting married and on his honeymoon, so I have not had him for five to six episodes. But he is back. Uh, he's back from Aruba and Thanksgiving, so that's good. It's okay. Um, our, our professional marriage continues. Okay, that's good. Um, I got you back. So Ed is here. And today's episode, we have a guy... From the Red Sox system again, we had Zach Penrod last episode, so if you haven't listened to that, go check that one out. But this episode, we have another pitcher in the system. I got to meet him this year in Worcester as he was in Worcester for the first half of the season, um, and we'll get we'll dive into what happened after that. But uh, Taylor Broadway. Now, Taylor, before we get into some baseball stuff and everything, um, what have you been up to this offseason? Uh, really, just it's been kind of a whirlwind of an offseason, so... Um... First of all, thank you for having me on. I know I kind of, it's been a long time coming from since when I had surgery when you reached out to me about it. So um, I'm glad to be here and um, excited for this for this little episode. But um, really, it's been a whirlwind. I kind of went home once I got hurt, like towards the end of the year with the season still going on. And then I ended up going back to F- Fort Myers for a while, trying to really kind of rehab and also, with like the whole offseason thing, they kind of opened up now this year where uh, for us to, to go work out and kind of be, you know, under their hands a little bit. Um, and then once kind of decided to the bad news happened and we decided, you know, it's time for the big shebang. Um, I got the surgery and then now I've just been back in. I got the surgery and then went back to Fort Myers for a short little stint just for some post-surgical stuff. And then. I went back. Finally, they were like, okay, you can, we can, you can get going, you know, back home. So I'm in Mississippi now and just to be able to, you know, spend time with my girlfriend, family, obviously holidays around. So um, it's been a crazy little off season, but, um, but we're rolling. And so before the shebang and before, references, Tommy John. So after yes. Stiff, uh, yeah. yeah. But um, before I, I just wanted to say, uh, do not apologize for that because I reached out to you about coming on this show like a day before you had surgery. I had no idea, and I'm just like, holy cow! I feel like, like I'm, I'm the, I don't know. Man. Yeah, but I, no one, no one really knew about it. I feel like unless you're, you know, it's no big deal. But yeah, yeah. I, I think it was literally like the day before or something like that. I felt, I, I was like, dude, I, I was like, this is, this is a great excuse, and you should have just blown me off. Like, I don't even know why you answered, but I was kind of like, man, I, I feel terrible now. But um, I don't know. Glad you are here now, though. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's obviously been a, a different off season for you as um, as you had the surgery and everything. I feel like but. every off season's different every year. Like I've had two years now, and it's been completely different both years. So I feel like people, it's just it's kind of how it goes from time to time. Whether you do winter ball or whether you do some normal stuff or whether you go to the facility or you go fall league, like it's just there's so many different. Um, it's never, you know, it's never ending. So it's, you know, and there's many different avenues you can take. So, 
Yeah. I feel like with, with you being traded and then obviously with the surgery, I feel like just the past like couple of years have been a little like all over the place. So yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm sure you're ready for a normal like year, a calendar year. What's even say yeah, that? But, for sure. I'll get a um, I'll get a normal year this year and won't have anything other than rehab. Rehab, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, is I'm this wanna... the first major injury that you've had? Yeah, it is. First one. Never really never really had didn't really pitch much most of my life, to be honest. It was I was more kind of both I was more of a position player. And then in junior college when it's kinda of all sparked up, so I didn't have too many, you know, miles, so to say, on my arm. And so I haven't had it many issues whatsoever. Threw a lot in college, never really had issues. And so, yeah, it's the first one I've ever really had. Is that, um, well, I'm going to, I'm going to get into that in a little bit because uh, I kind of wanted to start out with, um, I guess, just, the experience in AAA this year uh, was your first taste of it. And um, obviously I was around the team all year. I know Ed was around for a little bit as well. Um, what was it, I guess in your words, like what was it like, I guess the AAA experience and just being in Worcester for the first half of the year? I mean, it was, it was awesome. I mean, it was, it was probably not how I wanted it to go. And we're going to be completely honest. And, but at the same time, I felt like, just everybody there and the clubhouse, the facilities are awesome. I mean, um, the team was great, uh, you know, but really just it's, it was as close to where, I mean, you're trying to, obviously your ultimate goal is to get to the big leagues. And so I find, you know, I'm essentially one call away um, to the big leagues and that's, been my dream for you know my whole life basically so it was just really cool feel like surreal feeling of just like not just being satisfied that you're there don't get me wrong but like definitely to look back and be like this is really cool like this is stuff i used to do on mlb the show when i played road to the show and it, you know be, playing in triple and now i'm playing in these parks that i remember playing in you know in that video game and stuff and so i was just it's a cool it kind of like was a you know full 180 of like you know what i've what my life has been you know growing up and where i've wanted to be but um i mean that place is pretty special though i've, I've never been to any i've never been like anywhere more northeast than like north carolina my whole life and that's not even considered northeast obviously um <laughs> so well last year with portland was my first taste of it but really getting a full taste this year that was like very short stint um but i thought you know it's different different than where i'm from obviously but um it's a cool place and um i think that park is probably the best in all of minor leagues by far ed I'm, i don't want to jump you here but um yeah, i was no, gonna no. okay cool I was going to say you when you were also in Worcester at the early part of the year, because it, it kind of the locker room changed a little bit as uh, from the first half to the second half. And you got to be in the locker room with a ton of vets. Uh, you had a throwing partner that was a MLB veteran as well. Jake Faria um, obviously is the the second half of the season. A lot of the those guys, uh, the good drums and the Greg Allens and the Alfaro's were all gone. But um, what was it like, I guess, being around a bunch of guys with some MLB experience in the clubhouse? That, yeah, I didn't – for one, I didn't realize 
I, that's something I talked to like Faria about and talk with. Um, I lived with Greg um, for up until his his departure. But something I would tell them that you know, obviously they've tasted it, but that I didn't realize was how much of like a revolving door kind of AAA is with with people. And so that was an eye opening experience to me because you you're so used to even being from college, like you're so used to whether you with the crew almost for like four years, obviously I knew that's not how it's going to be, but you know, you just at least going through a whole year, I think even in the lower levels, you stay with some guys going up and stuff, but you're usually with the same kind of squad, but you don't see like all of the, um, you know, co- all the stuff that goes on within contracts and stuff to get other, to get guys having this leverage and all that stuff. But that was kind of first taste for me. And that was wild, but like having guys, like I remember, you know, knowing about Greg, whenever he played in the, you know, where he was in the big leagues a lot with, with the, um, with the guardians um, Indians back then. But, um, and like, I didn't know. And just like getting to play catch with Faria every day, who, you know, was a guy I'm sure I watched pitch when at some point in my, my time watching the MLB. Um, it was cool just to have those guys in the clubhouse and just, but see the way that they just go about their business. Just like, I mean, anybody else, you know, I mean, it's like surreal to be there and be with those guys, but kind of see that, like, you know, I, I can, you know, we, I can do this too at the same time. So talking about, um, you know, you're with your, it, it, it's more of a holding tank when you're at AAA, but you had to, you, you kind of had to change everything anyway, because you got traded. One exception though, a few months later, the guy taken in the round right after you got traded into the Red Sox organization, also Theo Dedlinger. Were you two, what, what was that like for you? Are you two close? Um, did, did you guys like reconnect after, uh, after that trade happened? Yeah. Um, I remember, I remember when it went down cause mine went down right before the deadline and his went down in the off season. And it was kind of funny because it, 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 it's almost been, it's almost been like wherever I've gone, wherever I go, he's kind of gone right after in a way. <laughs> And we kind of talk about that and joke about it. And even um, both of our, like both of our significant others have kind of mentioned it too, to each other and they're good friends as well. So like, it's really, I mean, it's pretty cool, but it's, and it's cool. Cause like you've had someone where you've kind of started your professional baseball experience with, I, you know, we obviously crossed paths when I was in with the White Sox or when we were both with the White Sox. And then it's just been kind of funny because I think like at one point, in the White Sox where I got up to double A, he came up right shortly after I got traded. Then he got traded. And then like this year, I think I like, I, I end up, I go to triple A and then like not too long after he was shoving in Portland and he got to triple A. And so it was just kind of funny. And, and uh, he actually ended up becoming my roommate in trip in Worcester for a little bit. And um, so it's just, I mean, it's, it's funny how baseball, the baseball life can work like that kind of, you know, seems like fate or something. Yeah. Now, has he made you any weapons? He has not made me any weapons. No, <laughs> I'm not a huge. I'm not. I'm not. A, I know some other guys that have, that have. Um, I'm not a huge, huge weapons guy. So I haven't 
formally asked him. I'm sure he would if I did ask him, <laughs> but I just haven't. I haven't like taken the time to 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 ask for one. I was gonna say we've uh, Suge and Brendan Nail have both have showed off their uh, knives that they had made on the show. So was, yeah. uh, we had to ask, right? Yeah. No, I don't have anything yet. Maybe one day. Yeah, Suge and Suge and Nail were they were proud of those things, and you know they're both gonna use it because they're obviously both hunters. So yeah. Um, but it was actually kind of funny because when you got traded after you got traded, I um. I remember sending a text to uh, a good friend of mine, Chase Zaleski, who's uh, in the system. And I'm like, hey, what, anything about this guy? Like, do you know him? Anything? And he's just like, yeah, you're going to love that guy. Like, just being <laughs> around him in the clubhouse. And then a few months later, Denlinger gets traded over as well. And I texted him like, you know anything about this guy? <laughs> it's like, everybody's coming over. I'm like, are you next? <laughs> like, it was like a bunch of guys like from that level, but yeah. Um, shout out Chase Zaleski though. We, we definitely love him. Yeah, he was, man, I haven't, I haven't talked to him in a little while, but he made he it up to triple a this year. We're, yeah. we're rooting for him, but yeah. Um, all right. So, I mean, it obviously like, uh, I talked to you quite a, quite a few times throughout the year, just about like, uh, just, you know, being in triple a and just like, uh, pitching up there and everything. But, um, when did you also picked up a few things from, uh, Faria and I, I know I had done a whole story on it, but he pretty much helped you like change a pitch grip and do some other things. Is that something you're going to continue once you do get back onto the field? Uh, once you're all healed up? Yeah, absolutely. I think it, I would really like to try and make it. So essentially I used to have, I, whenever I came up through the system with the White Sox and then got traded over. I had essentially a gyro slider and it was really good. And I threw it really hard and I just naturally, I don't really remember like losing it or, or it was really, I kind of threw it, I threw it in college too. And it's, I threw it really hard. And I just remember I kind of had a curveball, but I just had this kind of slider grip that I just threw it as hard as I possibly could. Well, I kind of, lost it a little bit there and so that's when Faria was kind of trying to help me almost you know get my hand more behind it and make it more of like a cutter essentially and that helped a little bit to get the velo back up but then I kind of lost what a gyro does which is like the depth going down and it really just kind of helped it get a little more horizontal essentially but I think what I would like to do moving forward and what essentially started getting worked on even more after I finally found the essentially cutter was being able to decipher between those two. So having a cutter that I can throw really hard and has enough uh, horizontal movement, but then also being able to have the gyro that's maybe 85, 86 and has the depth as well. And then still keep my curveball and keep the velo up on that, maybe like the low 80s. That would be my ideal, like Arsenal, and throw who you know the cutter eighty nine ninety. So I, that's something that we had talked about, and I think I'm gonna once that time comes, start working on or be able to try and pitch design and decipher between the two. It's interesting hearing you talk about this and knowing that you were a two way player in college and you said it sounds like um from what you were saying pitching came more recently how did that happen that you became a pitcher and what were your what what position were you prior to that so i was mainly a uh, like a third baseman infielder and i mean in high school i 
I, in high school, I did this starting pitch. I mean, I pitched in high school too. I did the whole starting pitching thing. But when I went on to college, like I wanted to hit, I wanted to play the infield, so on and so on. So when I was in junior college, um, kind of knew that I could throw the ball decent and had a decent arm, but I was there to hit and, and play third base. Well, about halfway through, we were like kind of beating a team and I had thrown off the mound kind of a couple of times leading up to that. And I just stepped on the mound and threw against this team. And I remember I was like 89, 90, somewhere in that nature. And I had never, in high, in high school, I threw like 85, you know, or maybe even 83 to 85. And so kind of once that happened, it was like, well, you know, it was kind of just like a, okay, we're going to start using you thing. Well, then I became kind of a back, like a back-end guy for them, and and but still would mainly play position. Long story short, I ended up going to a – um, all-star game the next year for like a Juco all-star game and the hitting side did not go well and in the all-star game and the pitching side went really well so like I got just flooded and recruited heavily with the pitching side and ultimately I had some opportunities to go play maybe a two-way at you know some mid-majors and stuff but I ended up deciding on Ole Miss and they just wanted me to, to come and pitch so that's kind of how it all started, and I became just a full-time pitcher. Yeah, I mean, you didn't just pitch for them; you were their closer. Yeah. Do you do you enjoy? Because I I I don't recall getting to see you do the ninth inning much with Worcester this year. But do you notice a difference between the ninth inning or like the seventh inning or the eighth inning in a close game? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. I feel like bridging bridging the bridging those innings. It can go both ways, but bri- sometimes bridging those innings is like a very, what would you call it? Like everyone loves and focuses on the closer. It's still the, one of the hardest jobs possible, but I think everyone looks over what, the job that some of those guys do between the sixth and like the sixth and eighth inning to get yeah, you to guys. that guy. I mean, sometimes bridging those innings and, and, and shutting down a team from catching life again to maybe catch, you know, catch back up um, can be very difficult. Sometimes I witnessed that this year because I know, yeah, I wasn't, I haven't really, I think since I've came into even in, even last year in, or I don't even know if it's last year when I was with the white Sox, like, Going up in the system there, you were just, we were just throwing an inning like essentially kind of at whatever time. In AAA this year, it was more of like guys had roles. And, yeah, it wasn't much of the ninth inning role at all. But I got a taste of what that like or even the, you know, the fifth on kind of and trying to, you know, like I said, bridge to get to the ninth inning. I was going to say you uh, I think towards the beginning of the year, um, it may have been, uh, I think that was at the time when I think Politi was closing a lot of games. Um, Shug was even closing some games. He was on a hot stretch. Um, mm-hmm. and I, I think I remember talking to, I think I was talking to Shug about it, which he was a closer at Texas back in the day as well. But, um, SEC school now, by the way, but, uh, it's still weird to think about, um, yeah. But he, he he talked about the mindset as well, and he was just like, you know, he wants the ball in any inning, but he said it just 
it's just a different feeling whenever when he was closing games in Worcester at the beginning of the year, that was the first time he had closed games in uh, quite a second. So um, just to hear from that mindset of like, it's just as like, like intense, I guess, to pitch in the seventh and lead up to the Politi pitching the ninth for him. And he kind of saw it the same way you do. So it's kind of cool to hear that, I guess. Right. Right. But still, I still think like closing is obviously an extremely difficult job. Um, and not taking anything away from any of those guys, but it was, I've always enjoyed the closing role. I don't, I just, it, it fit me well. So kind of getting into that role this year, I noticed some of the difficulties of like that. I looked over when guys got me the ball in the ninth inning, you know, maybe when I was in college and stuff. Yeah. I, I think Ed said it best. We had, uh, we had Jonathan Brand on early in the season. He just finished up. Uh, cl- he was closing games in Salem uh, this year. He was a draft pick in 22. But um, Ed kind of pointed something out. He's like, I thought closers were supposed to be like psychopaths. Like, I thought they were supposed to be like crazy. But um, Jonathan Brand seems like he's the most like very like relaxed guy. And I'm just like, I'm, I was kind of thinking back. I'm like, you know, guys like Broadway and Shug and like all these guys, like they were closers at one time. And it's like, I don't know. I feel like. On the mound, you're a different person, but I feel like like up next to you, like Politi, I can tell. Politi's got that, like, <laughs> he's kind of got that, like, he might be crazy on the inside. You just don't know it. He's so nice. He's the most he's so soft-spoken quiet. human being I think I yeah, have ever met. Yeah, but you met. know he's a competitor. Like, I mean, you guys all are, but, you know, I don't know. You know yeah, I, mean? I, know, I, know, quiet, I know exactly so what you like, mean. You have to, like, tap in. I mean, you people tap into different, you know, different levels in, in, inside. Yeah, it's uh, it's a real thing. All right, there was there was something I was going to talk about, but I will only just touch on it for a second. Is uh, uh, we did we shouted you out earlier in the a few episodes back. We had Roman Anthony on. He was an Ole Miss baseball commit, so I tried to ask him if he was still on the Ole Miss football train and everything. And he's just like, no. Well, he's like, I pay attention to it, but not really. And I think it was that same. It was like right after that weekend, you were on the sideline for the Texas A and M game. And I was pretty much trying to bait Roman Anthony into saying that like Ole Miss wasn't very good and that Mizzou is obviously ranked higher. But we, we'll we'll get into that one like off off screen or whatever. But yeah, <laughs> I got my I got my I got my argument. It's all good. Maybe towards the end we might we might let, I'll I'll hear it. I'll uh, I'll let it happen. But okay, so Ed, um, do you have any? Um, I just have like a few like whatever topics, but, um, I've got a few non-baseball. I do have a non I do have an actual baseball one. So maybe, maybe I'll ask that, uh, before we, we hit the, yeah. the more miscellaneous, uh, section, but, um, you know, we've talked about it a little bit. You, you got Tommy John surgery back in October and I, we, we talked a little bit about this before we started recording, but I was just wondering when you knew you were going to need it. And what if there's any advice that you've got about the whole process from other from other players or coaches who have maybe gone through it at some point? When I knew like I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to believe it. But when I knew something was wrong was definitely in a moment in, the, in a game. So it kind of was it kind of was battling of some really it's every, everyone kind of knows, but I hurt my oblique coming out of spring training. Um, it really kind of set me back. Um, I thought I was th- throwing really well in spring training, like felt really good. Uh, Velo was good. Well, you know, freak accident, hurt my oblique. Come out of that 
really felt fine, you know, upped my workload a little bit once I got to Worcester. And then I just started kind of battling minor things and it really kind of worked up to my shoulder. Well, I had some shoulder problems and I get after the all or not after the Ulster break, after the halfway point, I can't, I got sent back down. I got sent down to Portland and I go throw in Portland. And I remember I throw the first game and feel really good. And actually like Vila was the highest it's been all year. I think I was like 95, 96, the whole game felt really good. Throw, get a day off, throw, throw two innings the next day. And I remember it felt like I was, I mean, you, I always kind of try and throw as hard as I possibly can, but it felt like I was trying to do everything I could to like, I think it was like, I was 91. And I was like, okay, there's like something doesn't feel right. I remember feeling like a little tenderness, so on, so on. It was the next, it was the next weekend right before the all-star break. I, I come in there to throw one inning and I throw a pitch and I feel something. Didn't really like feel a pop, but it felt like a, a something pulled or like a strain kind of feeling. I um, ended up finishing the inning and I just remember like it just, it was one of those things where I was walking off the field. I was like, Some, that does not feel right. You know, like I feel like us athletes, like we know our bodies as good as anybody. And when something's not right, something's not right. And, you know, people, I feel like most athletes are pretty good at deciphering what can be played through and whatnot, but I didn't want to believe it. And so from there, that's when like, I just, I really tried to rehab it a couple times, like, and take off some time throwing. And then it never felt good throwing again. And there was a couple stints like that. And then I got a, like a PRP injection and that didn't really like help it. And so finally it was like, I knew it was back then, but I didn't want to believe it. And obviously we were, I, we were trying to take the best like routes we could take without hopefully having to get it. And so ultimately I deep down, I feel like I knew it was back then. And I think that's when it kind of all went bad. Have you, uh, so it's interesting. I, um, like I said earlier, we, we just talked to Zach Penrod in the last episode and he, he talked about something. Um, he had Tommy John, uh, back in 2019, I think it was, it was a few years back, but, um, he was talking about the mental aspect side of, uh, the, the Tommy John and it's a lot of guys get it now. Like it's just a thing, but, um, you know, the, the amount of time off, obviously, like, you, you know, you're, you're going to be probably out for over a year. So um, has it set in yet, like mentally, or is it one of those things where it's like, it, it's not there yet just because it's so fresh, but it's like, you, you're going to prep yourself for when that time comes to be like, I got to mentally battle through this. I think that's a really good question because I don't like, I feel like yeah, it hasn't really set in because I, I feel like I'm rolling strong right now. Like, I got a good support system. Obviously, it's not like it's the holidays. Like, there's good thing. Like, there's a lot taking my mind off of it, I would say. Um, it sucked right away when I kind of got the news. So that, I mean, that's always going to be the hardest mental thing. I think when it's going to be really hard and I've already kind of feel like opened my mind up to this is, I 
going back to Florida, probably early January. So after holidays, after New Year's, you know, everything is like kind of like that's it's like back to reality, right? Like after the New Year's, like everybody when they go back to work. But from about that moment there, I will be there probably upwards of 10 months of doing. And that's going to be I know that's going to be the hardest time there is. And that's going to be the hardest time mentally for sure, because it's going to be a lot of just the same days over and over and over again. And I'm going to be seeing other people playing the game. I mean, it's easier right now, I think, because like the baseball season isn't going on either. And I'll be seeing other people playing and, and I'm and to be honest, I'm going to be going to the Fort Myers site, going back home and doing whatever with the rest of my day. And that's going to be hundreds of days like that. So I, that's going to be the hardest part. And, but I mean, if you want to, you want to get through it, you're going to get through it. I mean, that's how I look at it. I want to throw, I want to pitch again. And I want to make it to the big league. So this you is also, part of, this part of the road. You have to do it, you know? Yeah. You're also going to look forward to the, the infamous, the, the famous velo uptick after your, uh, your back okay. as well. So Absolutely. Got, that, got that, uh, to look forward to. I, I know it's obviously, uh, a tough time and, yeah, I think it was it was interesting. Uh, I, I, Pinrod kind of opened up about it a little bit, just being like, you know, it's it, it was honestly like during the season that was like the hardest thing of like, okay, like all the guys that I was were just in spring training with, they're off pitching and everything. So um, it's definitely interesting to hear about that that side of things. I feel like that's not really talked about. It's like you know, you can't do your job. You just like you physically can't. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Like me or Ed, if we put ourselves in that position and just in like our day job, it's like I couldn't even imagine. It's like something that prohibited us from doing it. But um, Ed, I have um, you know what? I'm just going to go into it. Um, you're let's go into it. You're a southern guy. So I I think I like that about you, that you uh, you know, a good fast food chain when you see one. So um, <laughs> I want to ask you, man. You go outside, you get in your car, you have all the options at your disposal to drive to. And you say, I want a fast food fried chicken place tonight. Where are you driving that car? Chick-fil-A. Let's go. Can I... Thank you. That's I... the best welcome back gift I could have asked for. <laughs> can I just... Uh... Can what, I you, ask... what, what am I missing here? Can I ask something, though? Like, why Chick-fil-A? There's something about it. You have every I, option. I, I, why? I don't know, but I'm telling you right now, I that's the place I go to the most frequent, and it's really good. Why do you think and the I, sunset is beautiful, Parker? You can't explain it. It just is. Um, what right, are I'm you? Gonna, what do you like? So if I had, if I had Chick-fil-A, no, 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 I'm I'm more cultured than that. Am I missing uh, something? <laughs> I am going to go to Zaxby's 10 out of 10 times. I had what? that last night. Oh, really? <laughs> that's, that's not an that's option for you? Like, but I haven't had Zaxby's before that since I was probably in college. It's an SEC town thing. That's just what it is. Like, it, I, when we do have is. one in, in Oxford, actually, and it was really – I love the wings. and I get wings and things from there. But – I still I think Kane's is better than Zaxby's. 
All right. Well, we're going to move on because um, <laughs> I'm trying to get a sponsorship on the show and I reached out to Zaxby's social media team for it. So um, I might have to cut this out, but uh, <laughs> at least you had it last night. Get to the Chick-fil-A in. people. <laughs> yeah, I'll keep it in that you had it I'm last not, night. I'm not helping your, your gig there. It's okay. Yeah, you're helping I heard... me though. I, I, I pick, I pick uh, Chick-fil-A <laughs> overall else. So yeah, yeah. You're it's, a good, you're a right, good man. company. I've asked every single guest that's come on the show, about 36 people now, and I've only gotten Zaxby's like three times. Alex Manella said he would go to it literally every day if he had the option to. So I think he did in Portland like every day, doesn't he? Or something so there's no like Zaxby's that. in Maine, but in spring oh, training he did. Maybe that's – he went somewhere every day. I, I don't remember what it was, but yeah. Yeah, he said uh, – who was it? Zephyr John would drive like 40 minutes to go to a Chick-fil-A every day. Like that was a, a thing. Um, also, have you had Zeph on? Yes, yeah. we have. Did he say Chick-fil-A? Yes. And okay. he said he would drive numerous miles to get it if there wasn't <laughs> one by him. So um, he's an interesting guy. I liked him. But I need to ask you something that I we got some intel on one of your former teammates. Well, uh, Hunter Dobbins. Um, he's... An interesting guy. I heard his pregame his pregame routine before he pitches. Did you ever get a chance to see it? Does it involve like consuming something? Yes. Yeah. A lot of something. Yeah. How uh, how that man does what he does. I don't think I was on, on the this field. Episode. <laughs> what does he consume? Is it he tons of Dr Pepper? Like. The most Dr. Pepper. I forgot who. Uh, like it's kind of like it's a, it's it's impressive how he can do what he does and I stay healthy and, and so I, and throw the ball really hard too. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you. Um, my I think it was my junior year of high school. We had tennis tryouts, and for some reason, I drank a two liter bottle of Coca Cola beforehand, and I I threw up. I threw up like I think like ten minutes into that tryout, so I don't know how Dobbins is doing that at like a professional level. That's incredible. Fuels his Ferrari, apparently. I might have to go back and clip that, but uh, it was Grant Gambrel that spilled the beans on uh, yeah. his pregame. Grant pretty much put him out there and said that the nutritionist or whoever in Portland had to get on him multiple times about like you can't be doing this before a game, so. Um, crazy like, story. It's not gonna work long term. There's no way. I mean, it worked last year, but I, I agree with you. But sure um, did. You, you guys in Worcester, by the way, had a spread before every before and after like every game. Mario kept you guys like Mario in Worcester. Mario is the um, man. Was it like that in Double A? It there like I feel more so the meals before would be more boxed i i feel like really still pretty good like still good options but the meals would be more bought like i forget the place that we would always get but it, it was always on like tuesday or thursday and in worcester was the one with like rice and chicken and there was an it was like my favorite place i don't remember what the place is called but um, it would be more like to go boxes like that before, and then after would be more of your, uh, you know, Olive Garden or something spread, um, where you kind of, you know, fill up your own box basically. But 
I will say nutrition in all in everywhere in the minor leagues now has is a lot better than what I heard it was by far. And the Red Sox do a very good job about it. And our nutritionists do a very good job of making sure we are fed well too. So I'm very um, thankful for that. I have a couple Worcester questions as well. They're a little, int- uh, but what was your experience like with, uh, with Paul Abbott? I love Paul. He was hard nose. He was very hard, but I, I mean, I think anybody would say that. And like, you know, off the field, just like off the field, you just, you know, shoot the crap with him, have fun on the field. Obviously he's means business. And I think like his whole life is like is baseball and he loves baseball. And I mean, you're going to clash with him sometimes it's going to happen. And, but I think no matter what, like, Deep down, he's just trying – like, he's trying to make you better. He wants you to get to the big leagues. And, like, you can hear that in his voice. You can hear that in the talks he gives you. And you may not believe in everything he says. You're not going to believe in everything anybody says from here on out. But, like, uh, I appreciate what he did for us. And, I mean, it's sad to see him see him go. But um, um, I appreciate the insight he gave me, the, you know um, – yeah, he's got a lot of baseball and, and like he he played for a, a long time in the big leagues. And so it's just cool. To, it's cool to be able to learn from somebody like that, because, I mean, that guy played with I mean, that guy played with like Randy Johnson and um, yeah. Griffey. And, and I mean, like he's seen it. He's seen a few things for sure. And so um, I I enjoyed my time with him for sure. It's it's pretty obvious to me. I mean, you've got that love for the game also. Um, and it's 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 interesting because, you know, you didn't have any offers out of high school. Your dad your dad's a professional bowler, is that correct? Yeah, he was. Yes, he was. How did how did your love for baseball come? I really from? like it's like I think my dad my dad had that love for baseball, but never had you know, one way my dad's always told me, like, my dad had that love for baseball, but never had the dad that really, like, kind of pushed him and wanted him to 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 be great and do those things. And that was one thing my dad did. I guess he kind of learned and did really well with me. And, I mean, he just – he obviously – he he pushed me really hard, and he made me be who I am today. Um wasn't always easy times and he knows that now, but I mean, I wouldn't take, I wouldn't trade it for anything because that's, that's what makes some, that's what makes somebody great. And I think, I mean, really since I was four, we just, our whole family, I mean, yeah, I have a younger brother as well who plays baseball. He's in, he's at a junior college too. And really, I mean, we had our few, we had our, we had our sense of playing football and basketball, but really, I mean, Baseball was a year round, and especially in Texas, like baseball was a year round thing, and we played it nonstop. And it's just something I I loved, and something our whole family loved, to be honest. Did you grow up an Astros fan? I did. Were you like you would you would have been like the kill like the killer bees killer like bees. right in their prime, mm-hmm. right? Uh, we had uh, we had season tickets for a lot of my life. Like we had oh, a wow. a little 
it wasn't like for like for every game, but we had a um, a group of people where we'd buy they'd buy tickets for every game, and then you would kind of auction off which games you wanted, and that's and you kind of bought sets or whatever. That's what we went to a lot of Astro games when I was younger, and we sat down that third base line where it kind of veers out, and um, that was when I used to watch get to watch Biggio. Roy Oswalt, Billy Wagner, um, Bagwell, obviously, Berkman. Berkman was one of my favorite players. Um, and, yeah, I mean, but those were also, like, after, what, 05, 06, that's when it got, like, real bad. Um, and I I was, like, a, I was, like, from day one was a huge fan, and we still went when they were really bad. And so, you know, obviously, once the – once the championship started, I think the championships, they won the championship in, was it 17 was the first one? Yeah, I think that was the first one. Yeah. So that was when I was still in college and like still obviously still a huge fan of them. And so that was really cool because I had watched them growing up from some really like some hundred lost seasons, you know. I'll tell you what, man. I thought they were cursed after watching Brad Lidge give up the 600 foot bomb to Pujols over the train tracks. Man, that was, uh, yeah. Oh man, that was. I I was a. I actually loved the Astros back then because, like you said, that, that Killer Bees team. Like, I mean, it's Brad Osmus was my favorite. I don't know why Brad Osmus like was my favorite catcher. Like, I don't know yeah. what. I was Where they doing, had like but... Carlos Lee. Carlos yeah. Lee up. Bel Carlos Beltran was with them for a bit. Beltran. Too. Yes. And, yes. Um, Roger Clemens, when he kept on coming back for like 15 starts, uh, he'd just do home games or something like that. He was friggin', <laughs> he was like Justin Verlander now. Yeah, yeah, it was really cool. I remember playing against Clemens kids or the one that like should played with at, at Texas. I played or he played with maybe two of them at Texas, but the one that's more of our age, I think it's Co Cody who's been in the big leagues. But playing, I remember like we would go to tournaments and stuff and play against you know, his son's team. And then sometimes he kind of like find his way in the stands and stuff. It was really cool. Cause I mean, Clemens was a big deal. I will say the only thing that I want to bring back from the old school Astros is the Hill and center field. That, um, that <laughs> was what has, a time, man. <laughs> like, good. It's got, it's got good character out there. It I does. It was, I, it's crazy that was ever a thing. There was like a pole in the middle of it. It was just like <laughs> I saw a video the other day on Twitter of a guy like, you know, like I don't remember who it was. It was an away team, but catching it like over his shoulder and then just like running around the pole. You know, like how you avoid that. I can't believe they had that fly. Like player safety was like a thing. Like center fielder could get concussions running into this pole like full yeah. speed, like not knowing it. But that was. But it was deep. Like that was, was. A, you had to hit it out there. I saw some balls hit out there though. Like, yeah. I mean, that was back when they were in the NL central with uh, the Cardinals and uh, you know, the Pujols was hitting bombs. Even right. Sosa was even still doing well. Um, I'll never forget. We would go, we were a family that would go to the, go catch or try and shag BP and we'd go sit in the uh, Crawford boxes and we would always do that. I'll never forget. We, every time we played the Cardinals, our pools would just like, if the roof was open, just launch balls over the train tracks, like nonstop. Was, I remember. So I remember seeing him and Ryan Ludwig taking batting practice. Um, it was the year the new Met stadium opened. So city field. And I just remember watching these guys like Pujols, who was in his, he was definitely in his thirties at this point or was about to be. Mm -hmm. He was hitting it at will like 600. It was feet, easy to, it looked like he was yeah. just swinging like this. Like it was just, 
It was crazy. I mean, first ballot Hall of Famer, like it's without a doubt. Um, definitely excited for him to get it inducted when his yeah. time comes. Um, all right. So I you've given us 43 minutes of your time. We appreciate that. We're probably holding you up uh, for dinner and all that. So probably thank you. Steaks, for... though. That makes oh, OK. Out. Yeah. Well, I have two last questions for you. They're just off the wall. I am going to give you a chance. The one of them is letting you defend the wall on Ole Miss football and why they are still behind Missouri in the rankings. But um, <laughs> the first one, actually, you know what? Let's just start with that. Um, <laughs> let's hear. Let's hear your. Uh, let's hear you defend the wall. I mean, well, do you believe it? Uh, the do you agree with it? it? The AP poll believes no. it. I believe it. We've okay. Our own, do you know our only losses? Obviously, who is it? Georgia, okay, at Georgia, same, same. Bama at Bama, okay. <laughs> we beat LSU at home. Did y'all? No, but that's not the point. So, what's the next best win? Uh, Tennessee. Okay. Um, we have Tulane. Kentucky. Go oh, wait. Kansas State, when they were 15th in the country, is our, probably our best. That was, a, that was a good one. That was a good one. I remember watching that game. I just – Yeah. It's – I'm going to ask you – I'm going to say this. Our only For, two losses are the two teams in the SEC championship. So I'm with you. Who should be third? Who should be third in the SEC? I'm with you, but I'm gonna plead. I'm gonna ask you this one thing: is you're an Ole Miss fan, and you guys obviously you don't win a lot. Like you guys usually have good records, though. Um, Mizzou is never good. They're Stephen Scott called them the little sister of the SEC. Um, so. I'm just going to go out and say that you just need to let us have it this year. Let us have an NY6 Bowl. It's going to be the first time we've had it in forever. We're probably not going to have it for another 20 years. So you just got to have us have it this year. That's my case. And also the committee agrees with me. So, um, all right, cool. I was already ready to book tickets to go to Dallas. No, it's uh, you, which one? I, I don't know what's going to happen. Cotton, Cotton Bowl? Bowl? Yeah, that's going to be there was some. There was some. There was some. Um, it's, it was just some um, – what are you trying to say? Um, they were expecting the bowls to happen, you know? Yeah. Um, and it was us against Texas. And what was cool is I've always hated Texas growing up because I was – my dad went to A&M, and I was always an A&M fan growing up. So, if, like, now my school got to play Texas in the bowl game, I was like, that would be really cool. But I don't know what's going to happen. I'm also seeing that we'll be, we'll be in the Citrus Bowl in Orlando. All right. Well, and you know what? Whatever. I respect happens, it. Happens. I think you some things need... have to happen in these conference championship games too. Yeah, that could still help us. It, it won't. You won't jump us no matter what, because neither one of us play. But um, all right. I liked your argument. It was okay. Committee believes. Committee is on my side. Um, I could argue this all night, but I know you have steaks to cook, so I'm not going to do that. I just think uh, Ole Miss is going to sell more tickets, so there might be one way we can look at it. Don't know. No, 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 no. Mizzou sold out every game. This Lane, year. Kiffin, Lane, Kiffin's gonna, Lane Kiffin will bring more publicity, more money. 
you're sleeping on Eli Drinkwitz. Let's just say that. Um, <laughs> guy's a stud, two, all right? Two visor guys. Two visor guys. All right. So my last question for you, Ed, I'm going to empty the bench here because he's got steaks to go put on whatever he's cooking them on because it's probably 60-something degrees there, and it's meanwhile it's like 30 here. Um, you have a you have a rehab coming up. We've talked about it a little bit, um, just like the just the mental side and all that. But and you know you you've kind of talked about you got to go to the field and then you go home. What do you think, in your opinion, you're going to do to fill the time that you're going to have for next during next season? That's funny. We were just talking about this at Thanksgiving, and I want to find something that's like not another occupation in a way, or like another way to maybe like make some extra money. But I've always had a pat, like I like, I very much enjoy playing video games and I play a lot of, I play a lot of Fortnite. I've played with, played with Zeph a lot. Zeph's a big Fortnite guy. I've played with Oberstein. I've played with a few other guys, but I play a lot with my girlfriend too, actually. And her friends, our friends from college. I'm honestly, I need, I've said this for about a year now and I need to do research and figure it out, but I want to stream. I think I want to stream us playing. If it takes off, it takes off. If it doesn't, it'll be fun either way, because I think we have good band, like we have good banter in our, in playing Fortnite. And that's honestly a lot of what I'm going to do whenever I go back to the hotel or to the apartment or wherever I decide to stay is playing some video they're playing video games to pass some time so why not give it a shot you it would probably catch on like i think i think red sox twitter um, yeah it would be good with it if i like if i put it out on social media i think with to and hit the right fan base like i think it could be cool i mean a lot of pro athletes have started doing it here and there like i know the day i was watching tyreek hill play um yep Obviously, he's in the NFL and got a much bigger fan base than I do. Yeah, but it. Who knows? You hit the right, you know, stream, and it might. But I still think it'll be fun. So I think I'm going to try it. I'm going to give it a shot. I'll let you know when may do that. But I think you should because if you put it out on social media, put it out on Twitter, Instagram, you're going to have the background. I, I, I've noticed this last year. Maybe it's a couple sport. hundred people. Who knows? Maybe it's a hundred. But then it grows from there, right? Yeah. It's like, look at look at your one of your teammates, Christopher Troy. He, uh, I know it's not streaming, but he just started being active on social media and he's got like 2,000 Twitter followers in like a week because he's just like putting a bunch of stuff out there that's different and it's like behind the scenes or like whatever. And it's like, I think people would gravitate towards it. You got your own list background. You got your Red Sox background. Right. So. Right. I don't know, man. I think you should. I, every time if I wrote a, a story about you, I would have Ole Miss people in uh, retweeting it. I would have anybody. I don't know. I would. Your parents were always good supporters. But mm-hmm. um, all right, man. I don't want to keep you anymore. I know you. Uh, you got some dinner to cook, and uh, definitely. Uh, but we we appreciate the time. Gave us fifty minutes of your time, and uh, you know we'll 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 be we'll look out for the stream once it comes around uh, towards spring training. But absolutely. Um, but thank you for hopping on, Taylor. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I hope you all have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. You too. Uh, thank you.